John chapter 11. While you're turning there, I'm going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 3. You can turn your pages and listen, I know. You can multitask. <laughs> this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, and in that case it meaning without self-restraint, especially sexually, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, high-heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Tune in now. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Denying is to declare untrue, to refuse to accept as true or right, to refuse the request of. We say that we believe, but we don't. We say that we're followers of Christ, but we aren't. We have unintentionally, generally speaking, become the church of the last days. And by the way, the church is not the building. The church is people. We are the church. And we the people of the church and of the house of God have become a people that have a form of godliness but no power. We know all the cliches to say, the songs to sing, the buttons to push. And we look the part. But we leave defeated and broken and wounded and lonely and depressed and oppressed and possessed and addicted and are fragmented and broken in our lives. And it's not supposed to be that way. Jesus has called us to be light, to be salt, to be his hand extended in a world full of broken, wounded, lost people. To be a voice of hope. To be an example that they can look to. To say, whatever they have, I need some of that. But unfortunately, we've become that church without power. When I read in the New Testament, the book of Acts, and throughout, the disciples went from town to town, two by two, the Lord working with them. They were preaching the gospel. The Lord was working with them, confirming his word with signs and wonders. You need to settle something in your mind. Is Jesus a myth or is he a miracle worker? Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Or has he grown old and weak and female, senile? Why is it 
that the church is walking around anemic. Why is it that we're not walking in the call of God? Daring the devil to stick his head up. We walk as though we're trying to hide from him. Because we're afraid of him. Let me tell you something. A child of God filled with the spirit of God. Armed with the word of God. Need not be afraid of the devil. God has equipped us with any and everything that we need to live a victorious, overcoming, powerful life. So where's the problem? It's not on his end. It's on our end. Because we have allowed the church to become that place with a form of godliness but no power. Now don't think I'm going to get weird and crazy on you. I might, but... <laughs> the day and age of miracles. Don't let that word scare you. You're going to hear more and more of it around here. The day and age of miracles is not over. Now don't let that scare you. The greatest of all miracles is the miracle of salvation. What is a miracle? Something that a man can't do. That only God can do. You can't save yourself. You can't be good enough. You can't give enough. You can't sing enough. You can't preach enough. We're saved by grace. Through faith. It's the gift of God. It's not of works lest any man should boast. And it's free to whosoever will. But unfortunately some come to know Christ as their Savior. And they think that that's a license to sin. God forbid. They think that because they, we walk in this dispensation time frame of grace. That we can go do whatever we want to do. God warns us against that. He calls us to a life of holiness. Even says without which no man shall see God. If your lifestyle is not changing from the old man you were. To be looking more and more like the Lord. You need to examine your walk. I'm not going to judge you. But I owe it to you as a pastor that loves you. Make your calling and election sure. And in so doing, become that person that he wants to use to build the kingdom and to bring honor and glory to his name. And in the process, give you a whole lot of pleasure. John chapter 11, very familiar passage of, story, of, the, of scripture and probably going to do a whole lot more reading tonight than preaching. See, God's word says what he means and he means what he says. Amen. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him saying, Lord, behold he whom thou lovest is sick. 
And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that saith he to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. And his disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and afterward that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of the sleep. Then his disciples, then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us go also that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that they had laid him in a grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, he will give it thee. And Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at that last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet coming to town, but was at that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth into the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and she saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha the sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou would, wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, 
I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, saying, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. And then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. I want to talk to you about tonight for just a few moments about changing your perspective of things. And I want to talk to you about in order to see the miraculous taking place in your lives, in our homes, in our marriages, in our churches, in our businesses. We have got to begin to see things like Jesus. Nathaniel was saying a while ago how it should be the goal of every Christian to become more like Jesus every day. Do you? Do you intentionally on purpose try to become more like Jesus every day or just when we come to church? What can we learn from Jesus in this story? We can learn a lot from him in a lot of stories. But in this particular story, for the miracle to take place, the first thing we have to see in verse 4 is that we don't see through the same eyes that Jesus did. See, when they came to him and they said, when he heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. We have to remember that. And discipline our thought process in those lines because we have a tendency as human beings to see things through the eyes of futility, through the eyes of hopelessness, through the eyes of human limitations. We have a tendency to see things the wrong way. We have, and it's exemplified in verse 8 where his disciples, they, they begin to make excuses and say, well, hey, look, if he's a... Uh, don't you know that the, they just sought to kill you down there in Jerusalem, in Judea, and here you're fixing to go again. They want to make excuses why they shouldn't go. In verse 12, we see where they say, look, if he's sleeping, he'll be all right. Sounds a whole lot like the church today, doesn't it? Jesus finally plainly told them, Lazarus is dead. And I'm going to wake him up. Secondly, we have to recognize that we're not moved with compassion like Jesus was. When you see in verse 35 and 36 where Jesus was moved with compassion and he wept. How long has it been since you lost, wept over the lost? How long has it been since you had a burden for a friend or a family member or even just the lost in general, people that you don't even know? See, Jesus... Loved us while we were yet sinners. And gave himself for us. We've got to stop having the line of thinking that, well, if you'll just get everything all worked out and get everything good and get all your stuff together, then I'll help you or then I'll love on you a little bit. No, the Lord loved us just like we were. And he helped us change. But we better be changing and not be complacent with where we're at so... We've got to remember that he says in his word that he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. Do you love the lost? Yeah. 
I'm not asking for you to lie to me. I'm asking for you to examine yourself. Do you have a love for lost people? I know that can hang us up sometimes. Jesus loved the sinner just like they were. But he loved them too much to leave them like they were. See, we don't have to put a stamp of approval and condone the lifestyles that they're living. But we got to love them right where they are. We've got to remember that it's not judgment that leads people to Christ. It's the goodness of God that causes men to repentance. We've got to love them. And not a counterfeit love. Not a lip service love. Not a religious spirit love. Or I'll love you ill. For I'll love you because. But we've got to love them in spite of them. Hard to do. He says no greater love hath a man than this. That he lay down his life. For a friend. For another. It's what he did for us. Let me ask you a really hard question. If God called on you to seal your commitment and your testimony with your life, would you and could you do it? On your own, you wouldn't and you couldn't. But if you have a love in you for the lost like Christ has, you would and you could. Thirdly, we see in verse 42 where we don't have the faith that Jesus had. See, he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, Father, I know that you hear me. I know you always hear me. But because of these people that are standing around, how many of you really know in your knower that God hears you when you pray? And that God is moved by your prayers. That God is touched by the feelings of your infirmities. That God cares. And he tells us to cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. So oftentimes we go to God in prayer like I've said before, as a Santa Claus with a wish list. And there are times that it's okay to let your needs and requests be made known to God, but there are times when we need to go to God in prayer to stand in the gap for others, to stand in the place of others, to fast, to pray, to not waver, to not move or bend, to be steadfast, recognizing as he did for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross. He endured a beating. He endured and despised the shame that would go with that. I want you to know something. In order to be effective for the Lord, you're going to have to endure some stuff. That's not a very popular thing nowadays. We don't like to endure. We like. Clap, hand clap and snap finger things to happen. But this thing called life, this journey that we're on, it's an endurance race. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. 
And you're going to have to run up hills, and then you'll be able to run downhill for a while with a little aid. Then you're going to have to climb that next one. I want you to recognize that. That he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. And he begins to list them. We pray for the sick. Cast out demons. Take up serpents. We can't do it in and of ourselves. It's the Spirit of God that dwells in us. It's the Word of God that's on our lips. It's having a sensitivity and a discernment of the Spirit of God of knowing when to be quiet and when to speak out. Knowing when to move and when to stand still. I learned something from my Aunt Montez years ago talking about faith. She says, faith, and we know faith according to Hebrews is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But Aunt Montez says, faith is a bucket of hope lowered into a well of abundance. Now how big a bucket are you sending down? A dipper? A gallon jug? A five gallon bucket? A 55 gallon barrel? It's up to you. You can grow your faith by the word of God. You can increase your faith only by the word of God. You can pray for more faith and it won't come. Word of God says very clearly that faith comes by the word. If you want to have little faith, don't get in the word. You'll be successful. Because if you get in the word, it's going to build faith. All things are possible to him that believes. And I'm going to close with this. Our motives are not the same as Jesus. His motive, if you read over there in verse 4, was to glorify the Father. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. What's our motives in present day church? Take in a lot of money. Build big buildings. Look good in the community. Be socially accepted. Make me feel good. Make me look good. I want to tell you something. The word of God says very clearly. For him to increase, I must decrease. Amen. You ain't all that. Neither am I. But he is. He's all of that. Would you bow your heads? Very simple message that God has laid on my heart to challenge you with tonight. To not be that powerless church. But to be that individual. That constitutes and makes up the church. That's a person of power. A, per a person of faith. A person of compassion. A person that begins to see things the way Jesus sees them and not the way our political world wants us to see them. Not the way our newscast wants us to see them. Begins, but begins to see things according to the word of God and the will of God. And nothing else will move us but God. You say, Dennis, I'm in this place tonight and I'll admit I'm one of those people that I've had a form of godliness, but I hadn't been walking in the power of God. And I hadn't been walking in faith. And I hadn't been walking in with compassion and with love. My motives have been all wrong. 
And I'd like to ask the Lord to forgive me tonight. And I want to make a commitment to get into His Word and to begin to be that person that He desires me to be. A person that's not afraid to step up and to speak out and to pray for those who ask me to pray for them and see God move. If that's you, could I see your hand, anyone in this place? Yes, 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 yes. You can put them down. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Dennis, I hear what you're saying, but I can't be any of that stuff because I'm lost. I'm not saved. I'm on my way to hell. And tonight the Spirit of the Lord has knocked on the door of my heart and said, Hey, tonight's your night. And you're willing to say, that's me. I'm ready to turn it over to the Lord and make some things right with him tonight. Is that you? Could I see your hand? Anyone, anywhere? Slip it up, slip it right back down. Yes, thank you. Anyone else? Very quickly. You say, that's me. Thank you for that one. How about a prodigal son or daughter? You're here tonight and you say, look, I once walked so close to God, but I'm cold, cold, cold. I need to come back to my father, make a new commitment to him. And this is personal. It's between you and him. That's you. Could I see your hand? I want to give you an opportunity to make some things right. Yes, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? Look up here at me, please. I can't save you. I can't heal you. I can't do any of the things that only God can do. But like the song we sang a while ago, he's a way maker. He's a chain breaker. If you need saving, he's here to save you. Word of God says very simply to that one that raised their hand for salvation. And I says, we believe that Jesus is the son of God. That he came to this earth and died a horrible death, shed sinless blood on a cruel cross to give sinful man eternal life. After he died, he didn't stay dead. He walked out of a grave three days later with the keys of death, hell, and the grave in his hand. And he's alive today, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for his children. And he's coming back to get us one day. Bible says we believe that in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus then our sins are cleansed we're saved we become a child of God it's that simple you can battle it in your head if you want to but believe it in your heart so with that knowledge would you bow your head and let's pray and Lord Jesus I am a sinner thank you for the opportunity to be forgiven I do believe you're God's son that died in my place but you rose again and I ask you now to forgive me of my sins to cleanse me with your blood to come into my life and to be my savior and to be my Lord in Jesus name Lord you saw many hands go up across this place for acknowledging the fact that they've had a form of godliness but hadn't been walking in the power and tonight Lord I pray that as they make new commitments 
and they return to that first love. I pray God that there would be a fresh touch upon their life and a fresh infilling of your spirit. I pray Lord that that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead would quicken and make alive our mortal bodies. Energize us with the spirit of the almighty to go forth into a sin sick world to give them a sin cleansing savior. We know that we have these when we ask because it's a, it is according to your will. You said that you would that none should perish. But that all would pass from death unto life. And so tonight, Lord, I pray that you would raise your people up. Raise your church up. Mighty and strong. To be valiant men and women. To finish strong. And to dare to look adversity in the faith. And to see the glory of God manifested in their lives. Lord, I pray for every person that's in this place tonight. That's battling a sickness or a disease or an infirmity. Lord, we simply ask you to do what only you can do. And that's to heal them. Lord, we know your word says that by your stripes we're healed. And so God, we just pray tonight. Regardless of how small or how big the task is. That you would show up 